my lights are magical. They just can't figure themselves out. They just do their own thing. Luckily, it's a podcast because at least when it's a podcast, they can choose to just listen to us if they want to. So that's true. If you're good, good, sir. I think I am as well. I'm good, man. All right, then let's kick this thing off officially and say welcome. Welcome on into the Snap Back podcast where you snap and we snap back. Ah, we're almost, I mean, we're almost in a rhythm. We're almost in a rhythm, kind of, sort of. Like, we're going back to the once a week thing, which is nice, yeah. but just when once a week. <laughs> is, I know, and, when, you, when you do it, when you do it on a Monday and then the following Friday, it feels yeah. like forever, but... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into the the routine of Fridays. Uh, last week I was traveling with work, so Friday didn't work out. Yeah, uh, but we are back. We're back. We're back ish, especially because I'm going to tell you now for the very first time. We'll probably have an early episode next week too. But either way, for the audience, you know what? We're here. We're going to be talking with y'all because that's what we do. You know, we've been doing this now. Yeah. This is technically because we've reinstalled this again. This is now we're, what's going mm-hmm. in as the third season of the snapback podcast and i'm really happy with where we are you and i specifically where we are in the world of marvel snap and all of the things that have happened because since last monday's uh conversation where we couldn't talk about certain things a lot of things have happened whether it be patch notes whether it be positions whether it be a billion different things so we're going to talk about you know last season just a tad and then kind of hop yeah. into what's going on right now with patch notes and Elsa Bloodstone. And needless to say, you and I are very busy people in the world of Marvel Snap, especially right now. So let's 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 just kind of hop into everything and talk about last season right off the bat. I know you've got thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of thoughts. But <laughs> I'll let I'll let you lead on the conversation about yeah. last season in particular first. Yeah. So, you know, again. Our background, we've been playing Snap for a long time. I've been playing since uh, launch of beta. And I would say last season to me was probably one of the worst seasons. It just didn't, it wasn't enjoyable to play. It just felt bad. There was too many OP slash broken cards that are still running around. And I get it. You know, the whole thing is they can't touch cards right away. People get mad, right? They spent their spotlight caches. They, They bought the season pass with money, whatever it is, they're going to complain. So usually those cards don't get touched for a while, unless I could foresee at some point something coming out and being so broken that they have to. But I, I think in this past season, it just felt it just felt bad. You had, you know, Loki kicking it off, and Loki for the first two or three days felt terrible. He yeah. is yeah, he has did. gotten better. <laughs> He's gotten better. It was but, pretty bad. Yeah, when like every deck was Loki versus Loki, it was like okay, well. Who hit who's collector and who hit who's Loki again? Yep. And then that Loki, yep. what you know, what it did hit. So it felt pretty bad. And and it did calm itself down. You had Mobius coming out. But again, Mobius killed a bunch of decks. I'm just gonna run through a couple cards and then we can kind of dig in there. But like, you know, you know, Renslayer came out, didn't do anything. That was like one of the worst cards released uh in the past. Yeah, she found herself. It was she, she found herself in <laughs> She found herself in a couple decks, but she just really isn't being used. Mobius came out, which just negated Renslayer, also negated a lot of decks that we're used to playing. Um, And I'm not saying that's a terrible thing, but I do feel like, like we talked about on the last podcast, like he's in every deck. Like he's, he's worse than Luke Cage was in the fact that like 
you you either have to play them or you have to play a deck that doesn't care right your shuri deck your your six drop whatever deck like you just have to play the deck where you're not cheating anything out um or wanting to play multiple cards out so you had him come out again really changing the format being uh in my opinion, a negative. And like I said, we'll jump into some of these. And then you had Eliath. And Eliath is still, I think, one of the worst cards. And I mean, like, bad bad design and very negative and toxic in the community that came out. He feels like all these cards that people have complained about in the past. You have Galactus that says, hey, I don't really care where you played. Yeah, This is what matters. And they've tweaked Galactus multiple times, and they've I don't know. He may have got over tweaked this past time, but you've got that going on. You had um, leader leader being another one of those cards where turn six came and they played leader and it really didn't matter what you did. They just copied what you did and you still lost and your turn didn't matter. And I think that the, the thing, the issue I have with Eliath is your turn doesn't matter, especially the decks that are going around right now with professor X storm to where literally you have one spot to play turn six. They have priority. And they just say no. And and I think that like with all of that as a combination for the whole month, I just felt like you couldn't play what you wanted to play. And it, it felt terrible. Like it was log in, play two games, lose two games, log out. Log in, win a game, <laughs> lose eight cubes, uh. log out. Like I did hit infinite, but it just, it felt like a really bad season. And again, we're going to be talking about this season and, and a little bit and new cards and things like that. But this past season, I just felt like was the worst season I've ever played in Snap since the game was launched. It felt bad, but not. I don't think it was necessarily because of Eliath. And I've been back and forth on Eliath nonstop. I've been in the world of Eliath is the worst card in the game. And then I go back into the aspect of Eliath is necessary. And then Eliath is really toxic. But then Eliath is opening new strategy lines. And I keep going back and forth and back and forth on on where I sit on him in particular. And I've kind of rested on the idea that right now he's annoying, but he's to you to use Brad's term on it from the other day. He's a necessary evil. And Mm -hmm. a lot of what Marvel snap has been over the last several months. And I agree with Glenn's explanation on this, which is, trying to balance around the idea of you want to go second, right? You want your silver surfer to go Mm -hmm. second. You want to throw priority so that way you can do your big thing and not be countered by Shang-Chi. Yeah. Eliath is forcing people now to realize that, you know what, if I'm playing big earlier on and I have priority, this is something I have to be weary of because it's a potential that I'm going to get it to be in my favor and i'm gonna like you said lock down whether it's storm or professor x or whatever the hell it is on that lane and now you're just kind of sol because you're limited and i go back and forth on it and the reason i've settled where i am is because there's a cycle that's currently happening in the game where it's basically the era of shang chi or not in my opinion there's only two phases in marvel snap It's this is a Shang-Chi era or this is not a Shang-Chi era. And Eliath is now the alternate to that. It is no longer Shang-Chi yes or Shang-Chi no, just like how there are eras where it's Cosmo yes or Cosmo no. I think Eliath is now its own era where it's Eliath yes or Eliath no. Is the meta feeding towards going first or going second? 
And then you have to build yeah. your deck around understanding that in particular. So I do think there is a lot of strength in the ongoing set of cards right now because it can dance around a lot of that. You can dance around all of those lockdowns with cards like Mr. Fantastic and Claw. You can dance around it by having on reveals that pop out in opposite lanes or locking yourself down. It, it, there are ways around it. Yeah. And we're constantly now needing to reevaluate what we considered standard decks and finding new hybrid variations on decks just to keep up with a new meta that we're, of course, you know, always going to encounter. There's always going to be new cards. There's always going to be more and more nuisances. And Eliath is, yeah. in my opinion, just like how Mobius is a necessary card right now. That's because the meta is feeding so heavy into, oh, you got stuck on wave on five. Nothing yeah. you can do now. You have to have Mobius in your deck if you got him, just because it's still an incredibly prominent card wave mm -hmm. i'm talking about is incredibly prominent and you need to be ready for that just in case if you're playing a deck that needs at least two cards on the final turn of the game so yeah. it it's annoying that's the best way i can describe Eliath. i play Eliath. i like Eliath yeah. in certain decks not all decks though so you've yeah. got to you've got to know how you're dancing around it are you running an ongoing deck are you running something that doesn't matter if something gets destroyed prior or not who knows? Maybe this is where we finally see the resurgence of Angel. I'm just just to keep up with it, you know. It destroyed. Maybe, maybe it, if we got, you know. yeah. Maybe if we got a bigger <laughs> Angel, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I, it's just it's one of those things where again, it's just to me, it's it's not that the card is too powerful in general. Like to yeah. destroy a card, to destroy a lane, whatever. Like it is what it is. Just to your point, Shang Chi, right? Shang Chi is going to do this. I think the hard part about it is it's you didn't get to play your turn is the, is the feel bad, right? It's yeah. I played a card. It didn't get to flip. It didn't get to do anything. It just literally didn't exist. So therefore I didn't get a turn six. And I think that that's the feel bad of it. Um, and I know that's really hard to explain, like, but when it happens and you're like, oh man, okay, I've got a, a doom, right. That can put some doom bots out. I've got, um, you know, these two or three cards that I'm going to throw down this lane and I'm playing the new Elsa deck or whatever. And like all this stuff's going to trigger and pop off. And then literally all of a sudden it's like, nope, they flip first. Your three cards don't exist. And it's like, and I get it. Flavorful makes perfect sense for Eliath and all of that. But it's just like, it's this really, it's this really gut feeling of like, it didn't matter what I was going to do. I didn't get to play the game. My turn six went away and this sucked. Compared to like, I played my Hulk my Hulk flipped, Shang-Chi flipped and blew up my Hulk. And I'm like, well, damn, like my card, my card See, was you there. You literally took wasn't. the example out of my head. I was, I was going <laughs> to say America Chavez, but same exact, well, same exact idea of you yeah. want to see your card flip just to and say that you me had that I didn't it. Have it. Exactly. Yeah. Then give me an opportunity to say, no, yeah. thank you. But I think, but that's it's weird. It's it's a weird feeling. And I, I'm not saying again, it's it's just this weird feeling of your card not flipping and it not mattering is the is the feel bad that I'm getting at with Eliath. And I'm not again, he would be terrible if the card if he if you had to go second, it would be a worse like not a worse Shang Chi, it's a better Shang Chi. But like, you know what I mean? Like I, I think we're on the same page of here is like that's the feel bad about the card. Yeah. I don't know how you fix it. I don't know what you do, and I don't know if you can. It just it's something about that of it not flipping is is where you just go crap i, I don't even want to play this right now i don't even think that he's necessarily in need of fix 
if there's yeah. anything, because originally I was on the train of like, oh, he needs to be nerfed, he needs to be changed, he needs to be whatever. And the more and more I look at what ends up happening in the scope of the meta, I lean more into the idea of the card mechanic is fine, but what we could maybe work on is just a little bit of his balance because of needing a certain, certain amount of, it's kind of like the Galactus effect where yeah. if you want the effect to go off, maybe a six, seven was too strong. I think a six, five to make it really, truly execute and show how strong it is. Sure. Make it happen at six, five. And I think with Elioth, maybe that's a direction we see with him. Maybe they bring him down yeah. to a six, four or a six, three. So that way it's, you know, you're playing a little bit differently into that power differential in that final turn. So, yeah, that would be the, I guess, the direction I would want to lean towards if I needed to touch Eliath. But after playing it, I'll say that I think his mechanic is necessary. Yeah. He's just annoying. But I think Loki was more annoying. I think Loki in its current state, still at 3-5, with the entire hand being replaced and every single card being down reduced, especially if you've got yeah. Quinjet on the board, I mean, it's an overpowerful Sarah times yeah. two because not only you're not winning with your own deck, you're winning with your opponent's deck. And sure, you can talk about RNG all you want about the cards you do get mm -hmm. or you don't get or whatever, but I feel like they're, they're doing what they did to Shuri. They're right now dancing around all of the cards yeah. to not touch Loki. And they, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll look at the patch notes in a second, but they danced around everybody except who I think is still the problem child. Yeah. No pun intended to I, Loki himself, but like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's true though. Like he's the problem child. I think, I think in their mind though, and this is where I, why Mobius keeps coming up. Like, I think in their mind, there's like, well, you have Mobius. Mobius is your answer. And I do think that since Mobius is released, we've seen a downtick in Loki decks because of the fact that just like goes, okay, if you can't reduce those cards, you kind of negate why he's so powerful. Yes, he can make a collector get plus five or six on average, but like you, you negate a lot of that, that turn six, I'm going to play four cards <laughs> and I'm going to play four of your cards that are good cards because they're in your deck, um, you know, type thing. But yeah, I, I don't, I, I agree with you. I think he still needs to be touched, but I think that that's where second dinner's mind's at right now is, Let's see if Mobius can keep them at bay and have people stop complaining with the new cards coming out this season and whatever, and people kind of forget about them. I don't think that'll happen, but I think that that's kind of where their mind's at right yeah. now with Loki. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Loki, you know, if they're waiting on the Mobius side of things, I wouldn't be surprised in one of two directions. If all of a sudden they decide we're going to change him next week or a month from now. Yeah. And nothing in between. They're going to let the full data set. It's either they're going to just nip it in the bud, which yeah. I highly doubt because of the patch notes, or a month from now, they're going to realize, oh, this is still pretty bad. We gave him a Lyoth. We gave him Mobius. He's still really bad. All right, fine. Let's change it to, you know, take the whole card, yeah. your opponent's whole hand, and then just the two leftmost cards get reduced yeah. power i mean a reduced cost or something but i just yeah, don't yeah. think there was enough with how they touched him touched around him in yeah. the patch notes because we have the ever-changing the ever-changing uh card draw mechanic again 
hitting yeah. all over the place, you know, because they touched right. Mantis, Cable, and Maria Hill simultaneously. Yeah. When it comes to this trio in particular, Mantis, Cable, and Maria Hill, were these necessary, appropriate, Loki or not? Like, this trio of get cards to your hand, information, whatever it is, is this, was this needed like this? Uh, I, I'm always on the fence with a lot of these changes. Um, I think some of the changes were good changes. Um, not, not specifically for Loki or anything. Uh, an example of that's like Maria Hill. I like that they kind of, they, they brought her down, they standardized her, so you get a two drop. You don't, you don't have this weird, like, is it going to be a one? Is it going to be a two? I may get Ebony Maw, and I may, not, I may get an unusable card, right? right? So I like, I like that they did that with her. It gives her a spot to understand what she is. She also goes in line with Agent 13. So just like in some of their notes, like, is it like, which one do you want to play? Uh, maybe you play both. Um, but I, I like that one. But to your point, like Cable, now you're making him unplayable. Now he's a 3-4. Yeah. Like, I get that maybe that was a too, too much of a powerful, like 2-2, two, two, I'm going to steal your Chavez, uh, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Well, but Chavez, like, I mean, the old version. Oh, yeah, because yeah. now, yeah. So like. I, I don't know. I, I think you've kind of killed Cable, in my opinion. I did see him pop up earlier this morning or yesterday. So there's still people playing him. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Mantis as well. I felt like Mantis is always a good one drop. Like, you're never using her on one unless you know they're playing into the left location because they, they don't know what's coming up on the right ones. Yeah. But making her a 2-3, like, nobody played her in the first place. I think making her cost more in a better spot. So a two drop slot has way better cards. Mobius, Luke Cage, like th there's better cards than to ever play a Mantis. So yeah, I, I think the changes they made were not good changes in general. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you because I think there's a couple of comparison cards that are just way, way better and impactful and more important. The, this was probably yeah. the weakest of the bunch in where they could have touched things. So yeah. Maria Hill, you have a 2-3 that was, you know, I didn't mind Maria Hill 2.0 as a yeah. random one or two cost. It was still a very good pull more often than not. Now with yeah. her just getting the random two cost, you're basically saying, hey, Agent 13's not necessary anymore. There's no reason, yeah. to, in my opinion, there's no reason to play Agent 13 anymore because at least with Maria Hill, it's a guaranteed card that's not going to be a six-drop destroyer. You know, yeah. you're removing that potential damage cost because they're, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's no really negative two-cost card. Everything, even the two fives that exist, even a lizard where yeah. it could maybe sort of have an issue and become a two one. Yeah. It's not a destroyer. It's not a, you know, it's not like you're pulling spectrum and you're not running an ongoing deck like yeah. it mitigates that entirely. So I think that Agent 13, because of the change to Maria Hill, has been completely dismantled, I think. She's just yeah, a, a completely I, unnecessary card any, nowadays. I, I think it depends on how you're playing. I think if you're just playing into the true, I want RNG, maybe I'm playing a dino deck uh, type thing. Like, I think Agent 13 is still good in that spot because you may hit something like Professor X. You may hit, you may hit some cards that are like, oh man, this is going to be really good just as a good drop to play at a certain time. 
Um, but I agree with you. The the randomness makes her a much better card, especially if you're playing like a a wave uh, Mobius combo and you, you're like, okay, now I know I'm going to have a two drop to go with my six drop. That's going to be a four drop. Like, I do think that this opens her up a lot to be playable in certain decks and stuff. Um, so again, overall, I think it's a great change um, to your point. I haven't really looked through all the twos. I guess Carnage may be one of your worst pulls, depending on how you're, how you're building your deck, right? Because yeah. you don't want to destroy anything. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I think, I think a lot of twos are really good. You could get a Zabu, you could get, you know, a Psylocke, you could get something that gives yeah. you more energy ramp. So even uh, if it's, overall, even if it's not it's a, a big one. card, shocker, two, three line. Great. Yeah. Even if it's a dead card that doesn't get a big effect, like a domino or a multiple man or a swarm, it's still a two, three. It's still a good yeah. stat line. The only one that like, maybe keyword maybe has a negative effect is colleen wing if you're not wanting to discard specific cards maybe at that like or like even if you pull falcon you could just drop it again and then play it a second time like it's carnage is maybe a worse one too and that's that's about as much as i can see and i just yeah. don't think that it's impactful enough of a change for what they were i think trying to achieve when it comes to working around the card draw deck in particular, because they are, they already had touched snow guard. They changed the, the Hawk and the bear previously to the, the three cost cards, which yeah. say what you want. The timing of the buff followed by the nerf. It is a little. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. Is my camera not on? Yep. It's okay. It's okay. You, you can have visual technical difficulties all you want. That's absolutely right. fine. Well, my, my Discord blew up when I was trying to open the patch notes. Um, Good job. I think on your side, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. This, so, is, this is why we do so. this kind of live, but not really anymore. <laughs> but either saying, way. You're probably going to have to do, do a zoom in uh, on the video or whatever. But, ah, whatever uh, but. But, but yeah, so, you know, to your point, like, we didn't get to go over the patch notes the week before because we recorded on Monday. They came out a couple days later. Uh, but within those sets of patch notes, like you mentioned, you had the, the Kitty Pride, the Snow Guard, right, changes. So, like, Snow Guard, yeah, I mean, I think they understood that when they buffed him, like, they buffed her too good. Um, she ended up being in, like, so many decks because it was just a free good card to put in there. Yeah. The Bear and the the Hawk were just so good of cards because they were cheap, especially when you had um, uh, some of the, uh, you know, in the Loki deck specifically yeah. Quinjet. Now they're one drops. So I, I think that they, they made the change. Yes. It is kind of frustrating because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that were like, Oh, now she's good. Let me go see if I can get her or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't, whatever you had going just, on with your caches and, and stuff. Yeah. Like that, I think so. it was, I'm going to say it here first. I'm going to be a little bit more than peeved. If second dinner did the buff to snow guard waited for the spotlight cash thing for the cool variant mm -hmm. and then nerf snow guard i'm going to be upset if the same thing happens with squirrel girl where squirrel girl was fine as a one one yeah the squirrels they bring her to a one two and then later this month they have the zombie squirrels pack coming out and then the yeah. following week 
or two or three, whatever, anywhere within the following month, if they retouch Squirrel Girl a second time, then I think we have something to talk about a little bit more uh, aggressively. And yeah, I, I doubt and there's, it. There's a, but there's a chance, though. There is exactly so, there's a chance. Because I because I think like again, a lot of us get stuck in series three, right? Series yeah. three plus because that's where we play. And Squirrel Girl's not really a card. Like literally, most of the decks you ever see them in, which isn't a thing now, but it used to be, throw them out, kill them with Killmonger, an early death. Um, yep. But now it's like you know, one drops aren't really that great because you have better one drops. You have you still have Killmonger running around. So like the squirrels usually aren't that good. You better, you'd rather be doing Brood plus Absorbing Man Patriot type stuff or yeah. Doombots plus Patriot. So I agree with you, but I think what's going to end up happening is, because I think back to Series 1, in Series 1, the best deck was Kaz Kazoo. Like, yeah. Series 1, it was Kazoo. Series 2, it's probably between Kazoo and Move. One of those is always the top deck. Yeah. And fair. this will make Kazoo the best Series 2 deck, because now, again, you still don't have Killmonger in series two and now you're giving those squirrels extra power and just the one I know it's just only the one. one yeah but one can make a huge difference in series two so i i think that that's you know when you have uh kazar plus a blue marvel whatever coming down so i True. think that that's that's the issue and maybe it doesn't maybe, maybe there's not enough people in series one and two that it matters uh because they are touching a lot of series one cards right now Mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely one of those things where, you know, when we talked about this with High Evolutionary months ago, like, you have to be careful at how you do this. So when new players come in, they, you know, there isn't a broken card right when you start the game. So. I don't think any of these, even with the change to the Squirrel Girl, you know, that one power, I don't, I still don't think it yeah. makes it better than move in one specific, you know, literally one card, one power. I don't think that's what happens. Um, but yeah. I agree with you that with them touching all of these early cards like Mantis and Cable in particular and yeah. Mantis, yeah, I'm, I just gotta say, I, I second everything that you said, where making her a two, three, in my opinion, just makes her unplayable. Uh, yeah. Cable making him a three, four. It, if, if I'm playing a Loki, if I'm playing there? a Loki or a Dino deck, I'm playing Colson. I'm not playing yeah. Cable. I get the purpose of Cable and Mantis, which is to mill your opponent and just drop down their deck so they don't have draws. But can't, I, I guess, like, to your point on that, I don't think there's a deck that can actually do that. I think maybe, maybe if you had Mantis on one, Cable on two, you know, something on three. I, I feel like even in those games that I've, I've even tried to have decks that would do that, they literally still have a... Like, you limit them down to exactly their sixth draw and i don't think a mill deck is pot is like a gonna be a good deck unless they don't have a draw on six like and i know that that's gonna yeah. sound bad but like i think that's physically the only way to make a mill deck actually work is they don't get a turn six draw and you have enough cards that can mill stuff to do that and i i don't think they'll ever do that so that's yeah. where to your point by making mantis a two cable a three now you've made that mill deck you've pushed every card that you would have used I guess technically you do like Yandu on one, Mantis on two, Cable on three, but that's still bad. Like, yeah, you're putting tiny cards down on one, two, and three, hoping they don't have a five, six, whatever in their hand. Um, you know, and again, they're still going to draw their Chavez on six and and beat you. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm... potentially, potentially. But <laughs> remember, most Chavez decks don't play Chavez. I know. So I know. it kind of might work in that sense. But if but, but like, if I mill if if I mill enough cards out of your hand, like out of your deck, but, to where you're only drawing something, she may be your only six, but you always have your six. But so. looking into for me, looking at those cards, the card draw yeah. cards, getting cards into your hand, and yeah, then they also touched Snowguard previously. Yeah. The fact that these cards are the ones that got changed. Yeah. means that they are trying to say, look, we're helping touch the Loki deck. That's what they're trying to do here by sending these messages. And in my opinion, they just ruined two cards, yeah. made one card something that maybe we have to keep an eye on, that Maria Hill, and yeah. that's it. Now, in, in conjunction with that, I, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but Uatu. <laughs> well. Who was ingesting the wrong chemicals when they I, said I what they were. this is what yeah. they need to do to Uatu. Let's make him weaker and let you know about one location earlier. So I I agree. I think Uatu has been one of those cards that every time we've had a segment where it was like, what needs to be touched next? I always bring up Uatu. And yeah, I, yeah, I think at this point they realized like he can't start in your hand. Because that would be too much. It'd kill um, silver. Yeah, it's like he can't start in your hand because of that. So the downside right now is you have to draw him. So most of your games, he gives you no upside. So they kind of were like, well, what if we just show them one location and you don't have to draw him? And I think on paper, you're like, well, that's great because I see two of the three locations. But now when I draw him, he feels bad. He's a one one. Like he's he's a yeah. really bad card. And do I really care about that random location? I think the biggest thing too is with the with the changes that they've made to location disruptors, I don't think Watu is a good card in general. I don't think you can do anything to him anymore to make him a good card because magic is a three. So even if you can see those in advance, magic can change them. You know, you've got uh, Legion on five can change everything. So like, I, I, you know, and you still have Scarlet Witch, you have Rhino and some of those cards, but like, I think at this point, the two cards that get played the most, Magic and Legion, have pretty much made Watu not matter at all. Like, who cares if you can see the locations? Because even if you see a bad location, I guess the only location that would matter would be um, like Sanctorum, right? Or, yeah. or Death's Domain or something like that to where like, oh, I see it and I can go ahead and stick something there. But is that worth a slot in your deck? No, I, I agree with you. I think by... Even if he was a one-two, maybe, may, but even with that, like, I just, he's a hard card. Like, he, and, and I feel like if he's gonna, if he's gonna take up a slot, he needs to be like Adam Warlock to where he's so powerful, but he's so bad. So show me all three locations and make him uh, a one-zero or something. I don't know. He's still bad, but you get so much information. Maybe it's worth putting a really bad card in your deck. I'm going to I'm going to throw a different variation on him because I think this one is just hot trash um, because <laughs> I, I do think that there is something to be said about knowing the locations ahead of time. Certain decks obviously thrive better than others. If yeah, you yeah. know, like you said, the Sanctum Sanctorum example, for you know, is one of them. But I think that maybe if you added in a second piece to his kit, he then becomes an interesting viable option. I think you make him a 
two, three with the exact same mechanic. But if you play him on the unrevealed location, he then has location control. So if you have him in your hand and you see that unrevealed location is something that's coming up, if you play Uatu on that right location, it will Scarlet Witch it. Hmm. Because then you have the advantage of saying, that hurts me. I need another yeah. option. And at least then he's just a blank 2-3. He's a shocker that you can't Patriot. Yeah. And adding in an extra little like control piece to him, because he should be able to see the future, but he does something with it. That's where yeah, I the, think it brings him over the your top. your flavor. But now, yeah. you, now you've ruined the flavor of the Watcher. The Watcher only watches. He never interferes. So <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go you comic go, book on you a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You can go comic booky because that's an important part of the game. So if he only um, watches then. Yeah. You should so never, I, but it, if he only watches, <laughs> he should be then a chat. He should be a Chavez, which means he always stays in your deck. He never, yeah, he stays on the bottom of your deck and he never, he never gets revealed. Which then um, makes him the best card in the game. Yeah. <laughs> then you quit playing Chavez and you just play him because you never draw. This exactly. card can never be drawn. Uh is is what it should be, the text on it. Um if not I drawn actually, in opening hand, he can never be <laughs> yeah. drawn. Yeah. So that way there's I, some chance mitigation. Yeah. I I would love that flavor, but I would agree with you. Maybe that makes him even more busted of like, all right, I'm just gonna stick him on my deck and exactly I can every have an eleven card deck and yeah. know the locations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, there's um, gotta be something else because yeah. This was just, just, this was just, um, and then lastly, just a small little change they added to Mojo. They just gave it the same effect as Dazzler, where now Space Throne, Mojo is going to get the ability to. It, say, yeah, that's and, literally what they're doing it for. Yeah, it's it's that it's uh, you know, they're making changes like you mentioned, Dazzler, this Kitty Pride got the tweak. Uh, I think the week before. Uh, um, yeah, week before made her a one yeah. zero. Which was clearly, um, clearly no, wait, that was that was this this week. The the one L right. for Kitty Pride that was last week. Oh yeah, that was the twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got both up, so I'm flipping back, but I don't see a date. It's okay, yeah. Right uh, but yeah, both. so so with Kitty's change, Mojo, uh, change, Dazzler's change. Again, it's it's a lot of setup for the upcoming season, right? So again, they're they're tweaking a lot of cards in advance. When they did the Kitty Pride, everybody was. Oh, Kitty's dead, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, man, we had Elsa drop with a season pass yeah. and it has 1000% revived Kitty because yeah. it's it's how you make her big. And if she was even a 1-1 one, one or a 1-2 like she was before that, oh my gosh. Like Elsa plus Kitty, hands down, best combo in the game. And even now she she feels good. She feels very good. But only... If you get her to be stacked up in the Angela Bloodstone Kitty in the fourth spot deck. Yeah. I, as my good morning positivity reminder goes off, I, that's right, I have one just because I need those little reminders every now and then. <laughs> be a good person. Don't be a fucknut. That's, a, that's a, a theme of the stream. Don't be a fucknut. But for me, I think the Kitty Pride adjustment slash nerf is actually more interesting than people might give it credit for because right now they're blinded by the bloodstone and yep. you know what i think that might be the name of this episode 
blinded by the bloodstone. <laughs> That's so good. I'm writing it down. Blinded by the bloodstone. There we go. Okay, I'm going to be using that. Anyway, because at the moment, you don't feel the adjustment. Yep. Later on, you will. So much so that I was building a bounce deck without Kitty Pride, and it felt better than a deck with Kitty Pride. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm rocking Falcon and Beast, and I kept feeling like, even with getting the scaling, the right timing, every time I want to play her, I'm not really able to enjoy using Kitty Pride until turn four. Because I need to yeah. get the Angela ramp. I need to get the Bloodstone down. I, I, I need to get those other pieces. So it doesn't make sense for me to start ramping Kitty early. If I get her to 1-6, that's great. I only have to do that in the final two turns, pretty much. So yeah. with the Bloodstone combo, that's how you play Kitty Pride, is you don't need her on turn one. You don't need her until like turn five, even, if you do it right. So And it, then it's still plenty of power. Plenty of power yeah. for a one-drop Kitty. The second Bloodstone kind of reduces out, the use of Kitty Pride will also reduce out. So we'll see the rise of Nebula and Sunspot again, yeah. and Kitty Pride will kind of go by the wayside, considering that most players have Kitty Pride because of the redistribution earlier on in the year yeah, yeah. after Kitty Pride 2.0, and now we have 3.0 again. Yeah. So I, I don't mind Kitty Pride at the 1.0 in the current Bloodstone configuration exclusively. Because yeah. now I think people are still stuck in the mindset of Kitty Pride, like old 2.0 Kitty Pride, and they, they're trying to play into those curves, and it works to a degree. But it's mm -hmm. very forecastable. You can play around it. And I just don't think the Kitty Pride effect is being felt yet. But a month yeah. from now, once the season is over and people kind of back off of some of the Bloodstone decks, I think then they're going to realize, wow, Kitty Pride, unless if I'm playing that specific combo, not really a good card anymore. Yeah, I mean, she is still the the answer to Nebula, right? She still is a yeah. booster for Angela every turn. There's there's some spots where she's still uh, a decent card to run out if you don't have a play, right? Like, to your point, if you have better cards to be doing on those turns in your deck, you have a bishop to come down or whatever, like maybe you don't play her that turn. And especially with Elsa, you don't get punished by doing that. Um, but it, it it's definitely one of those things where, yes, I, I feel like she's good in the deck and the change was needed specifically for Elsa. But once, to your point, once we either get an answer to Elsa, right? Like cards can't be pumped up. Your opponent's cards can't have added yeah. value or whatever. Like whatever card comes out that starts to do that kind of stuff. Yes, I could see Kitty again be not used. So I think she'll stick around for a while just because to your point, a lot of people just remember being so good and they keep forgetting that she only gets up to a five or a six without these kind of pump spells and things like that going on. Yeah. But there's still a lot of locations. There's still a lot of things that can benefit her currently. Um that you kind of still still have her hanging around. But yeah, I, I would say in general, Elsa is, even though I, I did not like last season, I feel like I like this season. I feel like with Elsa out right now, and, and again, it's only the first few days of the season, so everybody's playing the season card. Yeah. But there's been a revival of a lot of decks we haven't seen in a while. Um, there There's just a, a better feeling. Like you don't see Loki running around as much because... He doesn't want to do the Elsa stuff and grab those cards. Um, 
you know, and and again, I would say even with Elsa going on, yes, Eliath has started to make his way into those decks, but like I've I've seen him less uh the last few days. So like I don't know. I, I've had a recharge as of now with Snap um in Good. the last couple of days. And we'll see, you know, with the new cards coming out, because there's a lot of really cool interactions of really cool mechanics in the rest of this month as well as the following month has some really interesting ones that have been spoiled so there, there's a lot of yeah. cool stuff coming and hopefully you know those those old cards can either get tweaked or just not be played as much because of again this this freshness that we got with elsa in the season yeah i think elsa elsa's bringing a good life right now to all of it you know it it Yes, we are seeing some Elsa Loki decks, and I think it's something to keep an eye on, you know, yep. because I think that that might become a very dangerous deck in the future. I talked about it in my CCG Hub article today, uh, mm -hmm. yesterday, that I think you need to be careful with that because it could be a very dangerous deck very quickly. Yep. So keep an eye on it. But I think Bloodstone as a season pass card is a, they hit it again where it's a very good card that you can play around that works in multiple decks, but is not a tech card that is mandatory in so many different right. decks. Like it's a very well balanced card because to get its effect, to have its value, you just need one lane to fill that gets her at a two five and she's already got total power yeah. out of her. And that's a great value already. So yeah. I think there are good decks with Elsa bloodstone, but not decks that are already making people say yet that oh my gosh she has to be nerfed and yeah. they should be a plus two power instead of a plus three yeah. power and i think that's the beauty of her though is like if let's say for for instance she does become too busted we decide that you know the whole kitty bouncing every turn whatever is too much the beauty of it is i think she has that that room and that availability to be a plus two and still be fine yeah. So like i i think that that's the beauty of the way they've designed this card is they've kind of learned from all their past stuff, uh, you know, with Forge getting his boost and things like that, I think they've realized like, hey, this is a really good spot. And if we end up with like something weird because we're seeing, especially in the the current uh, Kitty, uh, Mysterio, whatever type decks where we're getting so many plus threes on the board, they can always go to plus two, tone her down a little bit. It does take her out of a couple decks probably when you, when you take away some of that. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of room with that card which is really nice if they i will say this though if they change her to give it plus two power that might be exactly what cerebro 2 needed yeah because then she'd be a two drop fill the lane yeah. with cerebro at on turn six followed by mystique on turn six i yeah. mean now there are twos that buff up like that would be the only thing i worry about where you if they if they do an adjustment to her at, at any point they've got to flip-flop yeah. it because if they make her a 2-2 two, two <laughs> yeah. that gives plus two, Cerebro 2 becomes one of the top decks in the game again. But if they make yeah. her a 2-3... Well, you make three, her a 2-3. Right, yeah, exactly. You make her if you make three, her 2-3 that gives plus two, yeah. drops her way down. So, yeah. And there's good cards coming this season. You know, you look at Man-Thing uh, Man and Black Knight and uh, what's the other one? Werewolf at Night. Yeah, Werewolf at Night and, and Nico. Nico. Yeah. Nico. I think a Nico's going to be a fun card. I, oh, I can't wait I'm, for Nico. I'm like, I'm hesitant to say she's going to be like amazing or busted or whatever mm -hmm. because of the randomness to her. But we we also looked at Thanos and went, 
uh, he's probably not going to be that good because you're going to get all these one drop stones that maybe don't do stuff. So like, yeah, I, I think she'll surprise a lot of people, but it, it'll be an interesting mechanic just to see. Yeah, we'll we'll dive deeper into Nico in the in yeah. an upcoming episode in particular, because we've got some stuff in the works uh, yeah. on the background when it comes to Nico and specifically. But I think that this season there are some very cool things to be a part of. I think to me, the card outside, like if I'm looking at everybody, I think one of the most impactful cards is going to end up being Man-Thing. Because man thing with that mega ongoing double reduction that he brings out to the table is not something to sleep on where one, two and three cost cards here get negative two power and he's a four five. You can't Zabu him because then he gets reduced simultaneously because of him dropping down, correct? Because it comes down Mm -hmm. as a three. Or is it going to register him? No, still is a because once he gets on the field, he'll go back up. It's how the other cards use. Oh yeah, yeah, because then Surfer wouldn't hit him. So yeah, that's right. Okay, but either way, even if you do Zabu him down, there's almost no reason to want to Zabu him down. You want to play him on turn four or turn six, because especially yeah. in this current meta of Bloodstone, where it's bounce, 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 small card, small card, that four five yeah. can switch to basically being a 413 which is wild. Yeah. He's I mean he's going to be good especially if these Elsa, Kitty, Angela whatever decks are floating around like yeah. to literally just put so much negative onto a lane like we've seen in the past with, you know, as simple as like uh Cyclops, right? Like everybody's like, "Oh, Cyclops." Like this is this could potentially be worse than Cyclops um because you don't have to waste energy every turn to put these negatives down um depending on when he comes out he may he may be in a pretty cool deck with like abomination that's what i was about to say in in a high evo deck he replaces the thing because the thing now means nearly nothing because you're trying to play thing more often than not on turn on curve on turn four and with this now guaranteeing those cards like okay i know it's going to hit this one this one this one perfectly so on turn five you can project your abomination usage much more cleanly i think man thing is going to be one of the more impactful cards that people are sleeping on and they're not talking about enough because of all of the metas that currently that are that are current in the game right now that four Mm -hmm. five the second it hits one card it's a four seven now yes it does hit yours also but i mean with a luke cage it doesn't matter yeah I think he's he's an incredibly impactful card. I know Super Tech God just wants Black Knight to exist so he can have a 420 uh ebony yeah. blade by discarding the uh the what do you call it? The infinite. Like there's yeah, gonna be infinite. some sick decks that come out with Black Knight and all of this mega double up, ramp up kind of crap. Like absolutely love what Ebony Blade's gonna bring to the table. And then Werewolf by Night is I think going to be a scary, scary good card in an on reveal focused surfer deck. It's just going to be stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be stupid. Yeah, there's there's so many good good cards. Um, I guess I guess the biggest thing with Black Knight, right? Like you're going to have to do it with Black Knight plus um, the Lady Sif. It discards your highest card. Yeah. So you're going to have to be very targeted um, 
which is what those decks were doing anyway. But yeah, yeah, it it'll be. I think that will potentially make that discard reanimate deck way better than it's been in the past, and maybe make it relevant. Because right now, I mean, I feel like that deck, the Ghost Rider plus whatever, just kind of went away. Um, and just instead, now. most like most most decks are the Apocalypse one, right? Like where I'm just going to be discarding everything, or it's Hella. Like the whole like Ghost Rider whatever kind of isn't isn't a thing currently, and I think that that brings it back. Oh yeah, um, but I there's mean, a, there's a lot of ways to fight it. But yeah, yeah. Just think about it. Like turn four, you can drop down both Lady Sif and Black Knight. Yeah, and it's just going to be just a whole lot of unnecessary chaos. Yeah. Well, other way around. You get the idea. But like, <laughs> by by the end of turn five, you could have two twenty power cards on the battlefield. Yeah, I mean, like you could even have it at the end of turn four, just Ebony, Ebony Blade or Ebony or Black Knight. Sorry, Black Knight turn one, Lady Sif turn three, Ghost Rider turn four, and you've already got them on four. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be some really interesting ways that you kind of put all these cards together, and I'm again, it, it makes me excited that they're looking and they're constantly watching the different ones. I mean, you have Werewolf at Night's another move card. Right. Like every time he moves, mm-hmm. he gets plussed or whatever. So, you know, I I'm glad that they're kind of rolling these cards out that gives life to the decks that kind of come and go ebb and flow in this. And right mm-hmm. now, I mean, again, Elsa's potentially like that bounce. I think originally was kind of around that bounce, but now it's more of just a good stuff. Bounceless bounce deck is how mm-hmm. she's being used. Yeah, because uh, because, again, like Mobius stops a lot of the bounce decks. Um you know, especially Mobius plus Wave, but yeah, I again love all the new cards. Can't wait to be able to play with each of them and kind of you know be able to dive into them. And and like I said, better feeling about these cards this season than last season. If there's so, a card to skip, which one is it? Oof. Yeah, uh, so because people are people are mitigating their tokens very carefully, and this is again another season with only one season four card, which is Man Thing. So if you have to not pick one to open, to use your caches on, who are you not taking? Okay, so I think that this one is a little bit of a an easier one to answer Ooh. because it comes down to your playstyle. All three of them go into very particular playstyle decks. Right? So Ebony or Black Knight is going to be in some type of discard deck. You've got Man-Thing that's going to be in some type of uh, negative control something type deck, right? Because remember, like a control deck, play him and then play Professor X and you win that lane. Um, You know, so he's more of a control type card. And then you've got uh, Werewolf by Night that's in a move deck. So I think when you look at it, you have to say, like, what's the deck I'm going to play the most? What's the deck I currently play the least? Um... And I look at it that way of not just trying to follow what do you think is going to be the most powerful deck? Because I think personally, probably one of the most powerful decks is going to be uh, the Black Knight deck as far as what you can put out the quickest. I mean, again, by putting that that shard somewhere else <laughs> yeah. um, on the field, right? It's, you know, you can Ghost Rider on a different part of the field, like, and Elias not going to matter. There, there's so many cards that aren't going to matter and be able to stop that anymore um, compared to what used to be where you could predict where things were going to go. 
So I, I think it's one of those things where like, if I was looking at what's probably the most powerful out of all of them, I think Black Knight is. I think the most fun is Nico. If you like RNG and you like to do crazy stuff, I think you're going to end up with some really cool games with Nico. Uh, if you're a streamer, if you're a content creator, that's probably oh, going to yeah. be the best card this month. Um, so I think it just comes down to how do you play Snap is going to determine who do you go for first. But if I had to say like the one I probably wouldn't um, spend cashes on or tokens on, uh, be Werewolf by Night. I think he's good. Like, don't get me wrong. I think all the cards this month are good. But just move has always had issues with like getting your cards to move, whether it's you know, a Heimdall doing it, Ghost Spider, Doctor Strange, like you have to build them in a very particular way. And because he doesn't have a easy move, like I mean, if he was a two drop, I think he would be much easier to deal with because you could like two drop into kill into Phoenix force. Um, mm. But because of the way he is on his curve right now, like I feel like he's gonna be the hardest one to pull off and make worth the investment, if that makes sense. I, I I get it, but I think you're all undervaluing where Werewolf by Night will be used. I think the second, you know, you get him to move once, he's a 3-5, which is already a, a great stat line. And I think from oh, a... From a control, just rewrite him. <laughs> yeah. And from a control aspect, I mean, there are so many small on-reveal cards also to get him yeah. to go and go and go and go and go. One of the things that I'm most curious to see is if there are secondary weird synergies, for example, like Hulkbuster, where sometimes Hulkbuster has certain effects register and certain effects not register. For example, if you Hulkbuster on a lane and they Eliath that same lane on turn six, Eliath yeah, does not destroy it. the card that Hulkbuster absorbed into. So if Werewolf by Night does move on a Hulkbuster effect to another lane, that's an interesting mechanic to keep an eye on. I think that he's going to be a card that will scale to 3-7 incredibly easily without any downside. And you just want to get him to 3-7, otherwise he's Shang-Chi-able. Um, if you're looking at the mechanics of, you know, between Black Knight and Man-Thing and what card I would skip, it's the card I'm gunning for first, and that's Nico, Because Nico has a lot of unknowns and yeah. is going to take more time to figure out the right deck for than any of the others. It's very obvious with Black Knight as a discard-focused deck with Ghost Rider, bring things back, get that power, bring a big card down and back, etc. Like Black Knight, for example, in a, uh, in a, a what do you call it, a uh, Agatha deck? You heard me. In an Agatha deck is going to be awesome for yeah. that exact same reason. You're going to be Lady Siffing. You're going to build it that way. Why the hell not? Uh yeah i mean as if as long as he's in your starting hand yeah. i would 100 percent agree and and yeah I, so i didn't read werewolf by night it was a while back when i read him uh so it's just any reveal makes a move so yeah, yeah any I, reveal any on reveal I, mechanic I would, makes yeah. a move so he's gonna be pretty easy to move actually and he can move multiple times in a turn so yeah uh mm -hmm. yeah no i think i think you're probably right nico is probably the card if you're looking at anything only because man thing i'm using tokens on any series four yeah. card because based on data mines right now november and december have no series four cards so possibly save possibly but, that, but that, that's, that's happened before that's happened before yeah, yeah, they've gotten yeah. it wrong before so that's what i'm saying based on currently what we know and again could change as we go um i think you use your tokens on man thing i think i think all the other three are obvious what they do nico is gonna be the hardest one to pull off or use or whatever um but 
I don't know. I feel like Nico probably actually has like the biggest sneaky upside. Yeah. Of the cards. But I would kind of agree, like maybe she's maybe she's the bottom one of this month. I don't know. This month's a good month, she's, man. She's no a card that month. I would say if you're gonna get her, you know, save your caches and go for go big and go home. Otherwise, start saving your tokens. Because she would be one that I say that later on, once we figure out the deck and everybody tests different versions of Nico and this, that, the other, right? Nico could end up yep. being a completely random ass card that nobody likes or ends up being the card that everybody wants. Because she only, of she only the triggers once, effect. right? Every turn, it's like Iron Fist. Every turn, it's the first card you play next. Right, but it's but it's only once like iron fist correct correct once not yeah. every single card for that turn does the spell get applied to no no so I'm, but i'm saying like card. i i play her on turn one mm -hmm. i play a card on turn two she fires turn three she's not going to fire again turn three she fires a different spell yes every turn that she's there her spell changes i and you fire the different spell but, okay because that's not how it's worded on reveal after you play your next card cast a spell which would be like how Iron Fist is. On reveal, the next card you play moves, but then it doesn't do it again and again and again. Right. I think but what, but I, I'd have to look back. I know we've been asking questions around it. Um, yeah. But I think what it's saying is if you did not play turn two, turn three, the spell would change. Yes, it does change every single in, turn. No and in right. your hand as well, it changes every single turn. Right. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like she only fires once, though. Uh, we'll have to look and see. Unless, unless you've already asked that specifically, can she? Yeah, we're going to... So with, without revealing too much, we're going to have more information about that in particular very soon. We'll dive into it a little bit deeper. No frets okay. as you sit in the dark now. Because apparently you're sitting... Dark? Yes, you're, you're oh. in the very dark. On the video side, all of a sudden, your lights disappeared, and it's like... My, you know, it's, my it's, wife. It's Brit by night. My <laughs> no wife said to default Dan turn after off dark. All the lights. There you go. Keep keep on the. It looks like a jack o' lantern just because it's you know the hollow the Halloween season. But yeah, yeah, that's I know yeah. you're Iron Man, but it's she, okay. uh Yeah, she <laughs> she said to uh, turn all the lights off somewhere on a Google in the house somewhere. Good job. It um, happens. But either way, so I look. There's a there's a lot. The the point of this part of the the conversation is that. Whether it's Werewolf by Night, Nico, Black Knight, or Man Thing, there are yep. good cards coming. And it's exciting because this is, a, in my opinion, a much more balanced month where each of those cards hits very different archetypes. Either way, either way, either way. Let's 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 move on because there, there's there's <laughs> other there's other things also to talk about, mainly because yeah. You know, it's been a very busy couple of weeks for both of us, and we couldn't yeah. talk about a lot of it last week. So I do want to highlight on it, you know, this week. And, you know, I'll lead on this one just because I couldn't talk about it last week until Wednesday when we officially came live with the announcement. Um, yeah. So I have been brought on to a new site, which now is officially launched. Uh, it launched on Monday called ccghub.gg. I've been brought on as their lead content manager. And we have been attacking <laughs> the site incredibly hard when it comes to putting out premium Marvel Snap 
content. So working yeah. with some absolutely amazing, you know, content creators, yourself included, who's you're coming out with your own writing premiere next week, which I'm incredibly <laughs> yeah. excited to rip the hell apart just I know. because I that's my say, job. We'll, we'll see how it ends up. Yeah. We'll, we'll no, no, no. It's, it's a good thing, though. It's a good thing. <laughs> like, I mean, yourself and Brad and D-Money and Lammy and Intera Bang and so many different people have been, have been brought on mm -hmm. to the team. Dreams of Memes and more people that I can't even announce yet are yeah. coming to the team. And it's exciting because I think right now we've brought on a really stellar group of people for yeah. public articles as well as the premium articles. And even the YouTube content on the channel is very well produced. I'm very happy with what Mav and the team have already been putting out there. And we've got our big launch event tonight where we've got four awesome big creators again as well. We've got Felicity, D-Money, Eggs, and Binks are all coming down for a fun, friendly competition, literally just to celebrate the fact that we launched. And yeah. this, is, this is a, it's already been incredibly well-received. And as someone who took a chance, you know, opening this site with Shiva and, every, and the team over there, mm -hmm. it's been very calming. <laughs> to hear so many positive things also from the community. Yeah. Even in the first week where, yeah, little bug here, little bug there. It's a website. It's going to happen. But yep. even still, like, I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked with what's already happened for CCG yeah. Hub. And I'm honored to be a part of it. And we've got big events coming up. And I know you've got, you've got a big event this weekend as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just like uh, you were talking about the tournament tonight that you're hosting, this weekend uh, we've got a big tournament, and this is not a Snap.Fan tournament. This is an Impulse tournament. So we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. Uh, I have shifted, moved from Snap.Fan over to Impulse to run their tournament series. Uh, if you guys didn't check out the last couple weeks, we've had some um, uh, other tournaments going on with the different creators and things like that. And so, again, we want to continue to produce uh different things so this weekend we've got the big brand new pro series is what uh impulse is calling it thousand dollar um prize pool so again outside of like one other tournament it's one of the first tournaments with a comma in it that's open to the public yeah uh and all of that so anybody can you know win this prize um this is going to continue monthly uh hopefully Monthly, the, the plan is to increase that pot to get bigger and bigger every month. But the important thing is the, the top four people are going to punch their ticket to the, the championships at the very end of this. So the Impulse uh, Pro Series will lead to a big, huge um, tournament at the end that only you only get invites through this. I believe there's going to be a leaderboard as well. Um, I'm still working through some, some details with them on that. Uh, but the idea is that that one, they're hoping, they're crossing their fingers, it's going to be in person, but it will have a $10,000 or more prize pool related to that particular uh, event. So nice. you can win one of these events and then have your chance to get that $10,000 prize pool. So it's going to be pretty big. Um, we've already got 200 people signed up. I checked the site a little bit earlier. Um, so if you haven't signed up, like we're talking now, that means you need to sign up before tomorrow because it kicks yeah. off tomorrow. 12 p.m. Eastern, and you need to be registered by 11, I believe. So get registered, get checked in, get your deck, all that taken care of. Um, all the details can be found over on the Rally Cry website because they are 
hosting the event as far as the uh, platform we're going to be using. So not using some of the other ones that we've used in the past, trying to do this, which will all be handled through Discord. So hopefully crossing the fingers, it should be a lot smoother uh, as well as just a better uh, experience for everybody. So we're excited about it. We've got a lot of awesome casters, including guests uh, that's going to be me. casting with us throughout the weekend. Uh, and another big name you're going to hear, you're going to see Lammy on there a lot. You're going to have STG. Matrim is back as well. We've got Brad coming through uh, with that as well. So we've got a great cast of casters and looking forward to expanding that each month throughout the series, but also bringing in these favorites that you guys love to hear on these tournaments uh, each each month. So excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun-filled tournament weekend. And there's a couple yeah. of different things that also, you know, kind of coincide with what we're doing at CCG Hub also simultaneously. Uh, by the time this releases publicly, um, one of our premium writers on the site, D-Money, is going to have a breakdown of decks to look forward to for the October tournament series, looking forward into the meta, trying to give a forecast in how to prep yeah. for a big tournament. And if there's $1,000 on the line, supporting that might be a, a worthwhile investment, to say the minimum. Yeah. So... Keep an eye on the site this evening because we also will be running a specialty moment during our tournament live stream uh, this Friday night where you'll see, mm -hmm. you know, those premium subscriptions at a, a special offering. So just keep, keep an eye on that tonight on the CCG yeah. Hub stream if you're listening to this on Friday afternoon. Uh, in addition to that, then afterwards, next week, We'll be taking a look at what happened in the tournament scene between all of the different tournaments that have already happened over the last several weeks. But most importantly, this most recent meta, which will be the Impulse tournament. And you, good yeah. sir, are going to be breaking down those decks and looking at, you know, why the yeah. tournament scene has evolved in the, into the way that it has. And I'm, I'm looking forward for that article as well. You're making a brand new premiere. So there, there's cool things yeah. to look forward to over the yeah, next several absolutely. days in Marvel Snap. Absolutely. And to your point, I mean, with those premium articles, you've got the one that you mentioned about, you know, how to dominate in tournaments. You've also got the other one from Lammy, the 5149, how to read your opponents, which is yeah. also a very important skill when it comes to, you know, any of these tournaments. And again, whether yeah. it's the Impulse Tournament, Battle Arena, like there, there's so many different tournaments that are, you know, going on with prize pools all around there. So I don't know if you can necessarily make it a career yet, but... If you're a college kid, if you're living at home, whatever, I mean, an extra, you know, couple hundred bucks is always going to help out uh, yeah. through there. But, you know, that's that's the hope. We're hoping that we can get enough draws, enough eyes to these tournaments that maybe at some point the prize pools go up even higher. We get enough sponsors, you know, whether that's, you know, the impulse tournaments, the battle arena tournaments, or maybe who knows, CCG hub, maybe start doing something in the beginning. Again, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Guest knows way more about that. I, stuff I got enough. I, I just write articles. We, 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 got, we got cool things to look forward to, and I'll say that at minimum, but like, but, there's enough on my plate right now. Right yeah. now, I'm just trying to get through this weekend, as I think yeah. everybody in Snap should as well, because we have a lot. There's a lot on all of our plates, and yeah. I'm happy to say that, at least in my opinion, I think Marvel Snap is in a much healthier place than it was last week. Yeah just because we're seeing the reduction in Loki a bit and we're focusing mm -hmm. on Bloodstone and we're looking at all the new cards that are coming up this month. I think that yeah. this is going to be a very healthy month. Plus, on top of all of that, it's my birthday month. And I'm going to have nice. the Agatha tournament this month. 
with an announcement about it next week. So stay tuned on all of the socials and all of the above when it comes to the Agatha tournament, which will be happening in this month. I will say that much. But yeah. the announcement about those specifics will be next week. So I'm excited to reveal all that information. Nice. I'm not going nice. to reveal everything, you know, but just, just enough to say, hey, don't worry. Something to look forward yeah. to. I may or may not be working on, you know, another small, fun video. May or may not. May or may not. May or may not. But either way, uh, default, Dan, good, sir. Is there anything else you would like to touch on today? No, I mean, again, I, I think we hit a lot of the topics. We had to, we had to catch up over two weeks. I think we yeah. got through all the notes. We talked about all the cards. Our excitement for this month, just in general for Snap. Uh, again, looking forward to all these tournaments, whether it's the, the one tonight. You guys could go check out. Uh, with CCG Hub, uh, or it's the Impulse Tournament this weekend. Again, a lot of stuff in the community, so I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's it, man. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited too. So, default Dan, good sir. Thank you so much as always. We're back into a semi rhythm once a week, even though it might not always be the same day. <laughs> Looking forward to talking with you again next week, and we thank you to all of our viewers, our yeah. listeners, for all the support and the patience as we got through the chaos that was last month as we head into an exciting month of Marvel snap mm -hmm. for this October. That's default. Dan, my name is guest also known as it's guest gaming. And this is the snap back podcast where you snap and we snap back default. Dan say goodbye to all the lovely people. You guys take it easy. Wow. You, you went Northern on me. You didn't say y'all. Y'all, I know. It's y'all. Your own catchphrase is y'all. I don't know what happened. I don't. I don't know what happened. You're even wearing a Tampa hat. Like, it was, oh, I know. It's it's it my new hat because the wife the wife uh, was saying the other one's getting a little yeah it was, it was nasty it was getting, from the bike rides and stuff. Yeah, it was. It it definitely looked like a, a trucker hit it. <laughs>